welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. It'll, it'll scare you. Uh, that, that was a little bit lower inflection of your voice, Nathan. It, it was. I was thinking that I was getting boring going, it will scare you. <laughs> I thought it, it, it I, would, me. I would I would just bring it down a little bit. It will scare you. It, it, it threw me off a little bit. And just for everyone who knows, because some people think that's a pre-recorded uh, intro, we do no, that live every time. Absolutely raw and we're, fresh. We're just good at it. Uh, and speaking of scaring uh, people half to death, we are we're going to have a we have a guest who's called in from one of the most scary places in the world, from the swamplands of the D.C. Washington area. That is a scary place, and he is one of the bold fighters. Uh, doing great work in the House, but he's getting ready to move, Lord willing, over to the Senate. We have Representative Jim Banks from Indiana's 3rd District on the phone with us. Representative, how are you? Hey, it's good to be with you. How long have you guys been doing this podcast? Oh, man. Yeah, geez. Uh, about a year and a half, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. So episodes? Uh, it's get- taken a year and a half. It's <laughs> taken me announcing for the United States Senate to get invited to come on the podcast. <laughs> Well, listen, we, we, it's like in our defense, we were just like, uh, you know, is this Jim Banks guy legit? He's, he's saying all the right things, but, uh, we got, and and you were, you know, we were just a little slow to come around, but, uh, it's, it's clearly our fault, Jim. It's clearly our fault. It's like, it's like, uh, getting Twitter followers. You have to do crazy. You have to be like really crazy and do crazy things to get a bunch of Twitter followers. I guess that's what it takes to get on the podcast, but, uh, but otherwise, great to be with you. It's an honor. Um, I, I appreciate what you guys are trying to do with the podcast. I have a podcast of my own. We've taken a little bit of a break with it, but um, love the format. Love the opportunity to have a, an important conversation with both of you today. Well, awesome. thanks. Yeah, and so, Jim, you felt the tug. You're, you're a believer. You love the Lord. Uh, you felt the calling to jump into the U.S. Senate race here in Indiana. Tell us why. Tell us what you're doing, how you're doing it uh, for our listeners, and, um, and, and then we'll dive into a little bit of your background then afterwards about kind of the fight that you've been fighting the last few years. Yeah, you know, this was not an easy decision for us. Mike Braun, our current senator announced he's running for governor and opened up uh, the Senate seat. It doesn't happen very often in history to have an open United States Senate seat. I've been in the House for the past six years, just reelected in my fourth term. My wife, Amanda, and I have three daughters, uh, 13, 11, and 9, so please pray for us. <laughs> and, um, you have no they- idea. Wait, wait, wait. You're the only dude in the House? Uh, I, 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 we have a, our dog Marshall. Okay, uh, good. Okay. My hunting dog, uh, he, he brings great joy and, and good company in the midst of a lot of drama and chaos. So, oh, man. um, we, we serve as a family though. We, we're not, we're not bashful about, about this. Um, they come with me to Washington. Uh, they live this incredible uh, life of public service with me. We go back and forth to our home in Columbia City, Indiana, and Washington, D.C. We've been doing this for just over six years. And, uh, and yes, we, we feel called to serve in the way that we are now. But when this Senate seat opened up, you know, we, we with uh, you know, a, a great deal of, of, of prayer and discussion as a family, with, with friends, uh, with our pastors, and others uh, praying about this incredible opportunity to, to step up and do more in a bigger way uh, at a time when we feel like our our country is under attack, our our culture is under attack, our way our American way of life is under attack in such a big way, and and uh, worked our way through that process. And and Micah, as you said, I mean, we 
we got to a point where we, we feel like this is something that the Lord has called us to, to do, to run for the United States Senate. So we kicked off the campaign last week and off to a good start and excited about what he has in store for us ahead in the campaign a journey over the next couple of years. That's well, awesome. It is amazing, and, and we need godly men and women jumping in these battles right now. One of the things, Jim, that I've really appreciated you over the last few years is you've established yourself as a as a uh, an elected official who's not afraid to jump into the culture wars. I, I know there have been politicians in the past that have said, well, we're going to leave the social things alone. We're not going to touch those. We're just going to focus on fiscal issues uh, or, or whatnot. But you've kind of said the opposite. You've said, we're going to address these social issues um, and you're really bold at doing it. Tell us kind of like your mindset and philosophy and why do you go after those culture war issues? Yeah, I, I think this gets to the heart of um, our American way of life and the, the, the great freedoms that we have in this country are religious freedoms at the top of the, at the top of the list. And, you know, I'm, I'm at a point where I just believe that the, you know, call them culture wars, the, these fights over our American way of life, um, the attacks from the radical left on those of us, especially, um, those of us who have religious beliefs, um, that, that that's the fight of our time, uh, the fight to protect um, our our religious liberties. So, uh, yeah, there are there are many Republicans that wish that you know we could just go along to get along and ignore uh, what the radical left is trying to do to our kids in schools and and uh, pushing the radical uh, uh, gender uh, ideologies on our kids and and uh, teaching our kids anti-Americanism and telling our kids that America is inherently racist and evil and. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's ever been sustainable, but at this point in, in the history of our country, uh, we're, at a, we're at a point of crisis. I mean, we're, we're either going to rescue this country and, and continue to make it the greatest country in the history of the world, or we're going we're gonna to see a downward spiral of America that I think uh, will have, disastrous, have a disastrous outcome for, um, for this country, for our way of life. And that, that, to me, that's worth fighting for. That's why I, that's why I put on the uniforms. So I went to Afghanistan and served in that way because I love this country and, and the incredible opportunities that it gives us. But it's also why I fight in the halls of Congress while I'm running for the Senate to do something about it there too. Well, and, and that's, I love that heart. And I think that's the first battle of finding representatives who have that same heart that you have, uh, Jim. And, and one of, one of the things that I hear a lot from conservatives on the ground, especially in Indiana, is they say, well, that's great. The person's a good person. They've got good values, but what can they get done? You know, what's, how can you be effective? So jump now, turn to the strategy aspect. If you were uh, Lord willing elected and, and you become a United States Senator, what can you, one of a hundred senators, you're going to be a freshman Senator, you know, what do you, what do you expect to get done? How do you get things done? What are you hoping your legacy, you know, your vision of who Jim Banks, the U S Senator is going to be? What, what's your strategy, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, let me, let me back up and tell you about uh, some of my observations uh, in the house over the past uh, six years first, and then I'll get to the Senate yeah. talk about why I think the Senate uh, matters so much at this time. I, I remember getting to the house. I was elected at the same time president Trump was, uh, in the election in 2016. And I remember how shy uh, a lot of Republicans were about tackling 
cultural issues. Donald Trump did it in his own way, and I I would argue he was elected in 2016 and uh, was such a powerful voice over those four years that he was in the White House. The cultural issues is is, is what I think gave him such great appeal to uh, to the American voters in such a big way. But, you know, I, I came to Washington. I want to make a confession. I, I like to, I, I'm in the fight right now. I've been, my face has been bloodied over and over again by the radical left and, and Democrats, uh, Nancy Pelosi kicked me off of a committee and all Congratulations. Kinds of yeah. That's, that's a, that's what a, a mark, battle scar. I yeah, love what it. A, what a, what a mark of <laughs> honor on your behalf. But let me make it, let me make a confession. I, I came to Washington, uh, after that election. I thought you could come here and you could, you could get along with the other side. The media would give you a fair shake. You could compromise and get things done. And we were all rowing the boat in the same direction in the American direction. I, I could have been further. I could have been more naive uh, looking back at what I thought was real when I got here that I've come to find is not the case at all. I mean, I, I really do believe that the radical left in this country is trying to destroy America. Absolutely. And, and they take no prisoners. They, they want to take any of us down uh, on the right who want to preserve the the, the culture uh, of this great country and our American way of life. So I've come to see that. My eyes have been open. And, um, you know, the, the radical transgender uh, movement in this country is a, is a great example of what I'm talking about. I mean, I, I remember a, a, very, um, a very popular television host, I won't, I won't mention his name, but I remember him telling me once that, he could get. This was two or three years ago. He could get. Um, he could get feminists, uh, even lesbians, to come on his television show and talk about why gender matters. And remember, I'm a I'm a girl dad, three daughters. I want to affirm their femininity every single day, and want them to to um, uh, want them to be bold and and who they are as young women and what they believe in their their values and and raising them in, in that way to do it. So I remember this television host telling me that. He could get feminists to come on his show, but he couldn't get Republicans to come on his show and talk about the dangers of the transgender movement and um, those who are pushing those ideologies on our kids in school. Fast forward to today, I think that's very different. And when I was chairman of the Republican Study Committee, the largest conservative caucus, just last year, we brought um, a, a dozen uh, female athletes who had been forced either in high school or collegiate sports to compete against biological men in their sport, which is inherently unfair. Stupid. Um, that conversation, by the way, uh, in that when I, when I hosted that round table discussion with division one NCAA, uh, uh, women athletes telling their stories, you know, uh, swimmers that swam against, Leah Thompson, Tom, Thomas, I forget, I forget, I forget the name. <laughs> yeah, that, Whatever the dude's name was. That, yeah, that guy. Um, but but also a number of other, a number of other cases just like that, where they unfairly had to compete against biological men and their women's sports. And Ke- Kevin McCarthy came and, and, and sat right next to me in that round table discussion. And he was so, he was so blown away by these stories of these female athletes that he committed then. This was a, this was um, this was last year before we won the majority. Before he became Speaker of the House, committed then that we would make it one of our our top priorities of the new House majority to pass a bill at the federal level to save girls' sports for girls. So that that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of leadership that we need. Bold leadership in our country that I've tried to provide to talk about these important subjects, not to shy away from them. I wrote a memo 
couple of years ago to all of my Republican colleagues in the House and said, lean into the cultural issues because the cultural issues are very important to our voters and they expect us to tackle these issues, whether it's girls sports or, um, or stopping, you know, surgeries or, or, um, treatments on, on minors, uh, for, uh, related to, to gender issues. Um, those issues are very important. They're, they're the most, among the most important issues, the most important issues of our time. We have to lean into them. Now, now I'm running for the Senate. I'm, I'm running for the Senate because I believe that the Senate matters and we need to shake up in the Senate. Like we've seen happen in the house with new, a new, uh, generation of conservative leaders in the Senate who will lean into these issues. I've worked a lot with Tom Cotton. I've worked a lot with Marco Rubio on some of these issues. They both, by the way, endorsed me in my Senate race this, this uh, week. Now I want to go over to their chamber, serve alongside them and uh, advocate for our kids, for our American way of life and be one of those champions in a bigger way. Yeah. I love it. We, I think so many of the rank and file true conservatives who we call ourselves conservative before we call ourselves Republican. We're so disappointed in people that we've placed into office believing that they will fight and then they they capitulate in weakness on a social issue that makes us know that they don't have common sense and you know i i have a daughter too i i married the youngest of three girls in in a family so i i i think that the the battle that is raging is is one of we don't know as a country of who we even are anymore. We don't know our history. We don't know what what made us great. And we've had other people replacing the information with lies. And I, I think it's not it's not good enough for for people to 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 promise us something. What have you delivered? And uh, I I don't want to vote for another senator who tells me that they'll They'll hold up a conservative, you know, a conservative flag, and then refuse to fight. I already feel like we've we've experienced we've got, we've that got too one. much in Indiana, <laughs> and it ticks me off. It ticks it. me off. So you know, seeing your position so laid well, out before us that this is what you you believe and you're willing to fight on this issue, Jim. It, I can't tell you that 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 I'm telling you it's a difference between the electricity that's going to be behind you to help you get elected yeah. and, and, and just the flatness of the, the fact that too many conservatives have been lied to too long. Well, and, and I'll say this too, Nathan, I don't know if you knew this, but Jim just started a caucus out in Washington, D.C. in the House, and I love it. I think this is probably one of the best caucuses to ever be started. You know, you have the Freedom Caucus. Yeah. You, you know, you have all these different groups. Caucuses are just groups of officials that get together and representatives get together and, and based on a common kind of goal. And so, hey, Jim, tell us the name of the caucus that you just started <laughs> out in Washington. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of uh, a lot of feedback on this. Uh, look, let me uh, let me say I, I believe wokeness is a cancer uh, that will eat America from the inside out if we That's don't right. do something to uproot it. Yeah. So, you know, I got done being the chairman of the largest conservative caucus, Republican Study Committee. It's a one-term term limit. I would have kept doing it if they would have let me, but term limited, so I had to move on. And not that I'm looking for something else to do, I'm running for the Senate. But I started the first ever anti-woke caucus and the whole idea is that let's get members of congress together around the table and talk about what we can do to combat wokeism and in the federal government wokeism in our schools wokeism in our military wokeism and 
corporate America. It's infiltrated almost all of our institutions, maybe even to a degree. Uh, I mean, you two would probably agree even in our churches. Yep. Well, so oh, yeah. let's well, uproot it. It is, yeah. anti- it is the, it is the antithesis of our, of, um, of our American values. Uh, wokeness will destroy us if we allow it to. So, you know, I remember a couple, you know, it was, it was, uh, not quite two years ago. I was, I was the first, uh, member of Congress for getting kicked, who got kicked off Twitter for stating a biological fact about, um, the, uh, the, the surgeon general who, uh, was calling herself, uh, a biological male, the first, Female uh, four star. Oh, Are yeah. we talking about Richard? Health Admiral. Yeah, is, is that this Richard? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Rachel, Rachel Levin. Yeah. I, hey, I can I just names, say? But. Can I just say? I I love the fact that no women could aspire to that high in the ranks of the of the naval uh, ranks. That so we, men had to step in and do it for them. <laughs> So that's basically what I tweeted. That's what I tweeted. Is that what you and, tweeted? Uh, oh, I love I got, it. And I got, I'll never forget my staff reaching out and saying, hey, you've been kicked off of Twitter. It became a, immediately became a national I love it. story. Oh, my oh my God. Like, what, what, is, what has happened here? And, and, uh, but now looking back, I mean, I, I realized that, the, you know, look, as, as horrified as I was at that point, I, I realized that the, the public is, is fed up. They've had enough. I mean, yep. the... the, the Especially Hoosiers, who just they 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 can't believe it how much our culture has changed in such a significant way. Not the least of for for which uh, point that you just made that a biological man just took away the glass ceiling that I would hope that my daughters might be able to break one day to be to call themselves the first female four star admiral of the public health corps. You know that's a title that should be reserved to give young women something to dream about and aspire to. And a biological male took that title away from them. So this, this sort of foolish, um, you know, this uh, the, the 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 radical um, uh, the the obsession with pronouns and the the radical uh, uh, transgender movement. What is done to devalue the gender identity of our young boys and our young girls in this culture is something that we have to we have to fight back against. And I think. Congress plays a big role in that by not going along with it. And with the anti-woke caucus, I mean, that's just one part of it. But the, the obsession with uh, diversity, uh, 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 equity and inclusion in all of, the, all of the federal agencies is something that we have to uproot, especially when it comes to our military. I serve on the Armed Services Committee. And this upcoming term, I'll be chairman of the military uh, 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 personnel subcommittee and our main objective in that subcommittee is going to be to uproot wokeism in our military. Wokeism is weakness. And the last place that should project weakness in our federal government is our military. So yeah. we're, we're going to do something about it. This Congress with our, our very narrow house majority, but we need to shake up in the Senate and a focus on these issues there as well. So hopefully my anti-woke caucus will lead to some good and, um, you know, stay tuned for where, where it might go from here. Well, you know, wokeism is so much about fear, uh, fear of what we're going to do to you if you don't get in line. Yeah. You know, my son's in the military. Uh, he's, he's in the National Guard right now, but he went through all of his training and he said, Dad, you know, we have to keep our, our heads down. We don't want so much as a girl to look funny at us for fraternization. He's like, it's, it's, it's fear that somebody's going to destroy you in some capacity. 
And he comes back talking about how the mill, like things he told me that I'm like, you're kidding me. That's what you're experiencing at basic training. He said, not one time did they ever, you know, and I saw that you were in the Navy, Jim, but not, not one time did they ever do hand to hand combat because of, because of COVID. Like when we have soldiers go through <laughs> all of basic training and not one time wrestle, like what kind of weakness are we establishing? And you know, it's it's all this this stuff being jammed down their throat in, in terms of the the social policies that they're trying to experiment on yep. the on the United States military, and and then and then jamming a needle in their arm, and then when they get kicked out. Because they won't take the deal, then okay, you have to pay back the bonus. Like this is this yeah, is yeah. unreal the amount of weakness, and then you look at what the other countries are doing, and they're hyper masculine, and 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 you know China's teaching their seventh grade boys how to be masculine and fight for the cause of the CCP. And, and we're over here and saying we're trying to rip the genitals off of our seventh grade boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Great. Well. Jim, you, you're, uh, you're certainly a, a fighter for, uh, for truth. I think that's been established in, in your time in the house, and we appreciate you, what you're doing. If anyone listening to this wants to help you, where can they go to jump on board and be a part of your, uh, your upcoming uh, Senate race? Well, I appreciate that very much. Banksforsenate.com is our website. Uh, really simple. Find us online, uh, on social media as well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and weigh in. Let us know what you think. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm excited about this, but I don't take it lightly. I mean, this is a, such an important time in our nation's history. I'm, at the same time, I remain optimistic. I, I believe that the, the public is, is, uh, is ready for something different, ready for true leadership, for uh, American values, American leadership. And, and that's what I'm trying to do, everything I can every day to provide. I love it. Uh, Jim, we thank you, man. Yep. Just, we know that... Uh, that that is a, it is a battle there, and we know that God calls His people to the tough places. He doesn't uh, He doesn't light a lamp and then put it under a bushel. He He lifts it up and puts it on a lampstand. And we just you know we want you to know that we're going to be praying for you to be successful in what God's placed before you. I, I appreciate it greatly. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Well, Nathan, what would you think? Jim Banks for Senate is uh, I uh, like him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I just. I, you know, I like the idea of of uh, something being something you're willing to fight for, in a sense of that's not the the way that most people want to go. That they think that that's a popular option, but fighting and getting thrown out of things tells me that that you're willing yeah. to speak the truth. Yeah, because I don't see how uh, it, it seems to me that it, cancel culture is not dissipating; it's only increasing. And they're rallying to get rid of anybody like this. I, you know, to be honest with you, McCarthy fighting even on this shift and swallow. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, good, bro. Yeah. They, they are, they are loose lips, sink ships, people. Yeah. And and if you're willing to fight, if you get, if you get Omar or whatever her name yeah, Elon. is, Elon, Omar, you get her kicked out of something, you're doing something right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think I, I think, think it's that's great. awesome. And if you're if you're willing to go toe to toe, which is you know, when he mentioned Trump, that's my that's my big thing about Trump. Trump taught the Republican Party how to fight again. Yep. And you might not like everything he said or everything he did. Fine, me neither. But but I'd rather have a fighter 
And I'd rather have somebody who actually governs conservatively. You know, I loved Ronald Reagan. I was just a little guy, you know, in, in his life. But I've respected him, read books on him, and, and thought, what a great leader. But Trump, Trump was more conservative than any president that we've, you know, that that we've, we've seen. That we've yeah. seen. That's right. Yeah. And, and in the end, his policies won me over. Yep. You know, and, and and teach us to teach us to fight. Let us fight and go out and let's let's keep pulling down. You know, the, the Lord to go down next. The Lord kind of showed me when when Trump was coming into this thing. You know, uh, back in sixteen, he just he gave me the picture of a soldier. He said he's sending a soldier into to fight the evil that is trying to tear America apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem, you know, there was I, I was at the time at a different church, and there were people at the church that were like, "Oh my gosh, he's so mean. He's so mean spirited. I can't stand his." You know, he's he's he lacks integrity. And, and and I was saying, listen, guys, like he's a soldier. Like if you're if you're thinking this guy's gonna come in and be this, you know, Gandhi type figure that's just gonna sing kumbaya to everyone, you might as well pack it up and go home right now because that's not who God sent into the battle. And sometimes those soldiers that the Lord sends into the battle are rough around the edges. I mean, you look at Samson. Samson was a womanizer. Samson had a, you know, he was he was not necessarily the the most uh, high integrity of a person. But what did God do? Spirit came upon him, and he kicked the living daylights out of Israel's enemies. There's scripture there that said, you know, even the things that he got into that that were wrong. Yeah, um, it says that that uh, that the people didn't really recognize that the Lord was in this, mm. you know? No, that sounds, uh, that sounds similar. Uh, that, that uh, you know, he had stirred up this wrath. You know, you've got a guy in Samson who's got an anger problem. Yeah. And he's got commitment issues. You know, he he's breaking all of his vows all over the place. It was that final vow that he, that, so that the he, Nazarite, that he broke, that yeah. broke when he cut his hair, right? That, that the, the spirit was, of the Lord was, was pulled away from him. Yeah. And and I mean I'm not I'm not rooting for leaders like Samson, right? I I, I would much rather other leaders that have integrity in place and all but of even, that. But even but God definitely uses people that we wouldn't expect. God never thought pe- that or people never thought God would use somebody like Nebuchadnezzar, but He did, yeah. or Cyrus, but He did, or Darius, but He did, or Alexander the Great, but He did. Yeah, you know, yep. you you go down through history and God takes those things that don't make sense to us and he spins it in his favor sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's all to say, you think you know so much, <laughs> you don't know anything. I am God and I will do with whom I want what I want. Yeah. And and I and I think, you know, Trump's a perfect example of that. I think I think he was such the the un uh unexpected leader that that I, I believe we needed in that season. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and to the, to that point, I look at guys like Jim Banks. I'm, I say Trump lit a fire under Jim Banks. Trump lit a fire under yep. thousands of run of representatives yep. that we have all around this country. Now think about all of the representatives that are in state legislatures or in the U S Congress right yep. now that were birthed out of that mega movement because they were in, they were, they were filled up with this courage almost supernatural courage that the Lord out of nowhere, seemingly this, this, you know, billionaire, uh, womanizing, uh, you know, TV star who would ever thought. And I think that again, that's to say, and, and here's what I love about what Trump did. He exposed the self-righteousness even in the church. Mm-hmm. I, I know Christians who think they are so much better than Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And I hear them say, Oh my gosh, he's so terrible. I would never do what he does. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you understand that? 
your sin separates you just as much as his sin separates him mm-hmm. from God? Like, do you understand that your good works are like filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord? Do you realize that you were praying for the end of abortion? Yeah. In, in the land? And the whole time you were praying, God was making a man who would fight and get his justices in there. And the very thing that you were praying for was the man who had the guts to to yeah. to, to push and fight. Down Isn't that amazing? And God used him. Like I th- I think that you're right. There is an arrogance that gets exposed. Yeah. Um, I I I will I will say that's you know like I hear people all the time talk about DeSantis and you know he'd be awesome. I think he'd be awesome too. I kind of want to see Trump again, you know. But I'll be—I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I think, at least have to oh admire gosh. what Trump did. Yeah, right. His policies and what he did. And when—and you take people. What, what's the the saying is? Um, I do not fear lions led by a lamb, but I do fear lions. Uh, I do fear lambs led by a lion, mm. because there's something that happens inside those lambs, and they start to realize I can do more than I think I could do. What, you know, I we're we're watching um, military might right now uh, being flexed by China, and of course Russia is talking about you know that uh, they nuclear they, bombs, they've got yeah. these hyper bombs that that they can use on on the battlefield nuclear battlefield thing. Now we're uh, in the news is about all these tanks. Here's here's the Panther tank, and here's the M1 Abrams tank that now the U.S. is supplying, and we got Germany supplying tanks, and you you're having. Uh, I I heard yesterday that they are now they are now barricading or or, or uh, uh, they're they're basically armoring up Moscow. Now, as much as you want to talk about, well, we don't want war all over the place. It's weakness of of Biden that got us into yeah. this situation, yeah. right? Because we wouldn't have had oh Russia would have Putin never in a, million, didn't, in a million didn't happen during Trump, yeah, right? Did happen under Biden yeah. because Biden's a wuss and That's everyone right. knows it. We've got jets like the the U.S. military's been showing off the F-15 because they just revamped the F-15 and they're showing all this stuff. And I'm like, that's great. We've got all these weapons of war, but if we don't have a leader who's willing to actually use these weapons or the threat yeah. of these weapons of war, which is which is what you know. That, that's what you that's know, what Trump, keeps peace. When Trump, yeah, yeah, when, he, when he's arguing with with Kim Jong Un or whatever, my, and, my and, rocket's and bigger goes, than your. He, or he, my, yeah, he goes, he goes. I got a button. Yeah, oh, my we button. got a button. It actually works. You <laughs> that's know, right. yeah. it, it, it's it's that certain things are not tried yeah. under certain leaders. Well, but and, we need to toughen up our leaders. Do you know? Do you know? In the first year of the Trump administration, when. Uh, over in Syria, they were they they had launched their chemical weapons on on their people. Yeah, what did Trump do? He sent he sent seventy six Tomahawk missiles into Syria, blew the living daylights out of one of their air air bases, right? Yep. And that was within like the first year. I can't remember the timeline, but it was it was pretty. And Russia it, was there, and Russia was there. I mean, you had Russia, you had Iranian troops and Hezbollah troops all mm-hmm. right there, and nobody in the right mind thought Trump was really, you know, he, they were like, well, he's kind of crazy, but you know, he probably wouldn't do anything. And then he did that. And the whole world stepped back and said, okay, he's, he's actually crazy enough to come and, and blow the living daylights out of us. We need to like chill out here. And what happened in the first year of the Biden administration? Look at the Afghanistan debacle. Yep. Look at that. Look at how weak the Biden administration said America was yeah. in that whole debacle. Eighteen hundred troops. Yep. Imagine how many people would be safe today if eighteen hundred troops just stayed in Afghanistan. Yeah. 
Yep. We didn't we didn't move them. Yep. We just had the threat of force yeah. in that in that area of the world. Yep. You, you know, girls, you the the, the liberals say that they cared so much about girls yeah. and their education. Well, not, how many girls are being educated now in Afghanistan? Zero. How many it's are not covered, allowed. How many are covered head to toe? All of right? them. How many are, 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 are dealing with fear? You want to tell me that all of your, your big talk about feminism, squat. Yep. You don't care about women. If you cared about women, you do what helps make them free. Yep. But you didn't care. And, and, and you pulled back because you wanted to be able to say that you were gone by a certain point. There's a, there's a time in this, in, in this world where God lifts up leaders that are bad, bad, bad men in terms of like I use it like how we used it in the 80s, right? Tough, tough as nails type people. You look at Patton. Yeah. Patton, they say, could cuss with eloquence. I'm not for cussing, but he created a personality that he thought the American soldier would follow. Yeah. And he they created, did. He created and they followed him and, and they loved him and they called him old blood and guts. And, and, he, and well, and on that note, the Nazis feared him. They, he, they yeah. feared, they could not understand why America wasn't unleashing him to do more damage because Eisenhower kind of was holding them back. And they sent him because he because because he slapped around two soldiers right. inside of a, a military yeah. hospital, right? But but when he did, the, he thought for sure that Patton will be the tip of the spear yeah. at Normandy, yeah. and they and the Americans used that yeah. really really well. Tick, it kind of ticked at, off Patton because he wasn't in the battle, oh, but yeah. they used him as a decoy. That's right. And they took uh, it. They it brought all the Nazi troops towards the where Patton was at. And, uh, and then it opened up the beaches of Normandy for them to be able to storm. But I, I will say the Nazis, the Nazis said of what Patton did, slapping those two soldiers around with his gloves, you know, he takes it off and slaps them. And Eisenhower, it's kind of it's kind of this like America said, oh, my gosh, you're being so mean. Like the, the Nazis were reported of saying we would have shot him. Like if they were doing what, what like we wouldn't have slapped him. We would have shot him. We can't understand these Americans. Oh, yeah, Hitler couldn't like, understand <laughs> But, I, you know, I but I make the argument and I, I think we just need to keep making the argument that sometimes God lifts up strong men yeah, and he puts them in places because that's what you need to remember how to fight. Yeah. And if we ever get to the point, like you, you, you can say, well, I don't like a lot of their tactics. Well, go back and read the, Go back and read Judges. Were you going to cuss? No, no, I almost said freaking, but my mom yelled at me the other day. I was in a board meeting and freaking, or staff meeting, and freaking came out of my mouth. And, and so I could see her eye of disapproval. And, you know, like, I don't use the she, other word. Well, I was sitting next to her and she said, I wish I had a bar of soap oh, right I now. Know. That's what she said. I was Actually, laughing. True story. My mom quit using soap in our mouth when we started to blow bubbles with the soap and she realized it wasn't working. Uh, it wasn't but, because of the Christmas story no, when uh, Ralphie goes blind. It no, wasn't, no, uh, it wasn't because wasn't of that. We weren't allowed okay. to watch that movie. Oh, okay. um, no, but but it's the, it's the strong man type mentality. God raises up people yeah. like this. And I, I want, I want well, men of God by all means, but you know, there, there are those who say something must be done and it's time to fight Ehud in scripture or uh, as Americans pronounce it, Ehud, right? <laughs> and, and, he, and he's a left-handed man and he puts a sword on a certain place where he knew it wouldn't, wouldn't be found. And he, and he, he kills a, a, a king that needed to be killed and, and God, God, looked at that and blessed Ehud for what he did. There was all kinds of places where 
where leaders have to step up to fight. And we just have this mentality that says, oh, we don't have to fight. We'll just be able to get there. No, you know, prayer actually changes us to get us to have uh, not just courage, but bravery, which I think is, is a little bit different than courage. Bravery is scared and still goes and does what needs to be done. You know, sometimes we look at courage as like fearlessness. And, and, and I don't know a ton of fearless people. Mm-hmm. I think all of us deal with, I don't want to do this, but I think it must be done. If that's where Jim Banks has got himself to, that I thought we could play nice, but I realize we can't play nice. You know, look at Pelosi makes an order yesterday on Newsmax. This is the fourth largest, uh, or the, the four, fourth highest rating of all of the, uh, the news outlets. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she tells A&T, AT&T to go, to go deplatform them. And they do it. Did you catch this yesterday? No. 15 million houses that Newsmax was in will no longer be in there. Wow. And, and, and they just deplatformed them. For what? There's 22 liberal news platforms that are on DirecTV. Yep. But Nancy Pelosi goes and says this. She already got OAN thrown off. And now you take the one that's coming right up on the heels of CNN and MSNBC. Yeah. It's one of the fastest growing. It's a it's very conservative, and we must silence them. What is this Venezuela? Yeah, well, what are hate, we doing? Liberals hate truth. They hate because they can't win against truth, and they know this. So the only thing that needs to happen for them to lose is for truth to just be free to to say what truth says. And and so the only way they can win is if they silence truth. And I think that's why I love robust debate. I have I love going into liberal you know places. I'll I'll go to any liberal any environment where there are a bunch of liberals and and I'll, I'll debate them openly like on on record doesn't matter because I know that at the end of the day, if truth is free to to be proclaimed, they won't be able to shoot it down. Like that we will win. But that has been. The long-standing history of the world has been tyrants need to shut truth up in order to do what they want to do. The moment freedom of speech and truth is given the right to be free, then tyrants know that's the beginning of the end for their house of cards. So we, you know, again, I go back to this to the passage in scripture where 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 it tells us that you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, what's the problem with freedom being under attack? Why are we seeing our freedoms ripped away from us? Because people don't know the truth. Well, why don't they know the truth? Because of Nancy Pelosi and people like that silencing truth from ever getting out. So what we have to do, like you said, Nathan, we got to get the Jim Banks in there. We've got to get the, the pastors woke up. We've got to make sure that people start uh, standing up and speaking truth boldly all over and whatever sphere of influence God has given them, speak truth, and we will see freedom flourish after that. That's as simple as you can make it. I mean, you know, the idea that that one side is pro-America, well, how can you be pro-America when you're anti-speech? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, even, even the idiots, we think they ought to be able to talk. Yeah. You know, but they're saying, no, no, no. Their their talk is too dangerous. What does Pelosi make this thing on? Yep. She makes it on, oh, well, we think it's misinformation. <laughs> like, oh, okay, so we yeah. have a ministry of information. Yeah. You don't like what's being oh, said, even yeah. though, uh, you know, we're having little kids die of heart attacks yeah. now. And, 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 you know, all these, all these young people, because, because we said that this, this vaccine is not tested, there's going to be real, 
you know, repercussions for this. And people don't want to listen to anything they don't want to hear. It's, it's a mess. And we have to keep speaking. And, and I, t- I really tell you, if it doesn't happen with pastors first, you know, before you go and elect politicians, make sure that you're speaking, speaking to your pastors to step up. And if you're a pastor that's possibly listening to this, at what point are you going to get in the fight? You got to get in the fight. Well, hey, it's uh, so good to have those conversations with you, Nathan. And we, we are, we're hoping that you enjoyed this uh, broadcast with Jim Banks and representative uh, in the third district. That's the Fort Wayne area of Indiana, but he's going to be running for U.S. Senate. So if you're in anywhere in Indiana, you can check him out because you'll be able to vote for him in the Republican primary in May of 2024. Check him out. If you like what you see, and I hope you do, get behind what he stands for and, and support him and and I, I think we can all agree that, gosh, we got to send some fighters into this battle. And we're yeah. in the last part of, you know, 21 days of prayer. And I just want to encourage you, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Prayer is where it's at. You got to be praying for the good guys. Pray for the bad guys because God changes even bad guys' hearts. And he Amen. saves them. So let's keep praying. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. This has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And we talk about all those things culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. See you next time.